0: I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert, and my pronouns are also he and him. And And this this is is Grizzly Kiki. Kiki.
1: today's episode is brought to you by warby parker an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price simply
0: put your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with james charles
1: warby parker's prescription glasses start at 95 dollars, and they offer great customer service i should know
0: and they do sunglasses too
1: buying glasses should be easy and risk-free girl
0: Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that?
1: (laughs) Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all
0: the frames and pick your favorite.
1: And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry.
0: And Daniel wears Warby Parker and now he can actually see
1: me. And... I'm now considering a divorce. Hey, to get started, head over to warbyporkertrial.com/kiki. Wait, wait, wait.
0: Warby porker?
1: That's oh, a very different website. I was projecting. Very different. I mean, I project in all directions. Give them give them that yeah. link one more time. So oh, sorry. To get started, head over to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki.
0: Warby Parker, modern eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Parker. You'll regret it. Hello. Hello. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Are Um, you enjoying
0: your Labor Day? I am.
1: (laughs) I had labor pains all weekend. Um What is <laughs> This is a, this is a stupid we're obviously
0: we're recording this in advance um on Labor Day. Um what uh, this is probably a stupid question but what is the um like what are we commemorating with today? Do you know? Workers? Oh, okay. I like mean, unions. No? Uh let me look that up. Oh, beautiful, lovely! <laughs> I love throwing you a curveball. <laughs> that was more than a curveball. Um, I just I wonder because uh, there are a lot uh-huh. of a lot of these uh, these days off that we get, and I I don't I don't understand what they symbolize, whether they symbolize something good or bad. It just I'm oh
1: yeah unions yeah it, it oh, honors okay. the American labor movement and the power of collective action by laborers. So yes, yes, yes. yes. more. Um, I I'm yeah. I am. We are in support of unions. <laughs> mm-hmm. My father is a member of a union. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Um, I had very good health insurance growing up. Oh yeah, my uh, mom was my mom was my a union goodness. member too. Yeah, and it was it was fantastic. I miss that health mm-hmm. insurance a lot. Health insurance, a scholarship. It was very nice. Yeah, I have to say. So, yeah, they really
0: you know. they they um they really take care of their their
1: constituents. Their members. Their members. Yeah, okay. their members. Yeah, I mean they fight for um. You know, regular raises, proper benefits. Um, I mean, honestly, most of the benefits are through the union, so they can control it properly. A lot of the union buildings, um, have clinics, um, for their, for their members, you know, if they need like emergency dental treatment classes, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, my dad, my dad was able and is still a member of the union, obviously, but has benefited greatly over the years by being a member of his union. So, yeah. Yep. Um,
0: yeah, that's great. I, I wish that there was more of that set up for everyone mm-hmm. so that we can all be treated like
1: people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what have you been up to? Well, I mean, we attended a wedding this weekend. What? Which, uh, right. Did you, you didn't remember? <laughs> you didn't know? Um, I didn't, I didn't yeah, remember it. <laughs> so my dad finally got married, yes. uh, to my stepmother, Regina. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very, very exciting. Um, yes. They've been together I think almost as long as we have. So almost yeah. nine years. Yeah. Something Someone like asked that. me at the reception and I was like,
0: uh, uh, eight years? eight years? Nine years. Yeah, they've been
1: together Seven a little years. less than us. I yeah. anyway. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's been at least two years in the making, you know, yeah. since they decided to get married. So I was um just really overjoyed and oddly emotional, which is not my i mean i get emotional generally but mm-hmm. um you know not just you know being able to 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 make the stress for her that made her really happy um but to also kind of see everything um come together and just really see them both be happy um was very important to me um and yeah yeah i like I don't know, my eyes were, like, red and swollen the whole time, I felt like. Because I yeah. was just, like, erupting into tears every, like, hour or so. Um, I think you just weren't expecting to become emotional. Yeah. I mean, I was happy and 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 all of that, obviously. But it was just um, kind of this, like, I, I guess, like, relief that my dad and her had been able to, you know, like, make all of this. not Not just, like... Not just like the wedding, obviously, and the party, right. but just kind of, um, you know, anyway, both of our families have dealt with a lot of trauma right. <laughs> over the last right. decade and, and change. And so, um, you know, when you have this collective trauma and, and things like that, it um, it does bring you closer together. Um, yeah, in a way. And so seeing them kind of both share in that, but also the joys of being together has been something that, um, has brought me a lot of comfort because I know, um, that, uh, they're taking care of one another, that my dad has somebody who is taking care of him in a way that, you know, my brother and I aren't able to, like, we're not his partner, you know, um, So that was that was really nice. And I got to see my aunts and my cousin and my grandparents were there um, as well as, you know, a lot of her extended family. So it was it was really nice. Yeah. I had a very good time. Did you go to a lot of weddings growing up? No. No. I think I oh, probably have. I, I went to my aunt Judy's wedding and that was kind of it. Hmm. And then, you know, we went to our friend's wedding. And, and again, I haven't been to a lot of weddings. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, this wow. was the first time in a while that we went to a party where there was a dance floor and like mm-hmm. a DJ and all that stuff. That's just it was something that for me growing up was a regular occurrence mm-hmm. that if we had a big either it, it was either like a big milestone. Um I guess a wedding would be considered a big milestone, but like we we would have a dance floor at most family functions like that. Oh wow. So it it just it had been a while and I was used to you know, like dancing at parties. Mm-hmm. I just it was it was interesting that I didn't I didn't go in there thinking like, Oh, I'm gonna dance tonight. Like that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> not that, that like not that, that was at the front of my brain, but I don't think we were expecting there to be the opportunity to dance at all. No, because we walked in yeah. I know when we both walked into that reception, we were like, Wait, is this supposed to be a dance floor? Also didn't know there was gonna be a DJ. Right, right. I was
1: like, Oh, I'm pretty sure your dad mentioned it, but you probably just blocked it out. I was like, I'm responsible for one thing. That was my, <laughs> like, a big thing. I just, I wanted to get it done. Um, I also was not expecting to be called out as, like, the person who made the dress um, at, you know, in, like, the, the housekeeping yeah. section of the reception. Um, <laughs> which was very nice. But then I'm just like, oh, I had a lot of people who were like, Hey. Can you do this? Can you do that? And I'm like, eh, sure, no. Yeah. Like, I need I need a break from sewing for a little bit, especially, like, right. moving into a new job and everything. I just kind of want no projects for yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but, yeah. um, you know. You need to figure out
0: what your, um like, how much space you'll have in your life for projects like that mm-hmm. because I know they mean a lot to you. Yeah. But you currently don't have a lot of space at the job you're at now, so no. maybe you know i i'm gonna assume that you will have room mm-hmm. and like also emotional space yes for projects absolutely uh, i hope so i don't want to i don't want to assume and i don't want you to assume so yeah
1: um but i'm excited to see what you're like after this job change <laughs> i know it's um i'm excited at the same time i'm a little trepidatious um because yeah. i've kind of settled in where i am now but you know, this opportunity presented itself. And so I just kind of need to, well, not need to, I am diving right in. Um, are you going to wait until you start to talk about what the position is and
0: all of that stuff? We don't have to talk about it now. I just, um,
1: thing. Maybe I think I,
0: it's important to talk about.
1: I feel I feel like I, have I not have I not talked about it?
0: you have not uh not to my not to my recollection. I don't think cuz the last episode we were talking with Miss Jade and catching up with her, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it and I'm pretty sure the episode prior to that oh.
1: you had just given notice at your current job. Oh, I had. Yeah, well, okay, so starting on September 16th, um I'll be the registrar and archivist at um Uh, Howl Arts, um, which is a small nonprofit that um, focuses on cultivating, displaying, and preserving uh, the the artwork and papers. And by papers, because I realize a lot of people don't know what that means, it's basically like all of your files, right? Like your... The, these artists um letters 2007 tax returns yeah all that type of stuff um <laughs> I'm so I'm just saying I think that's what, when people hear papers that's what they think exactly but you know it's like writings and sketches and it, it, things that are, are 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 personal in nature of artists who are working were working and or resided on the lower or in, in on the lower east side so uh, people like Andy Warhol, Candy Darling, um, Arturo Vega, who the, the the gallery space is actually named after. It's a uh, Howl Happening in Arturo Vega project, um, who passed away in 2013 and left his estate to uh, HowlArts. Arts. Um, and so I'm going to be in charge of um, uh, basically making the archive that they have, which is considerable... Uh, publicly accessible mm-hmm. for the first time so there's a lot of and, and I, I think I can't talk about most of it but um that's what I'll be doing so I'm very excited um there's also a, a very strong focus on uh, supporting and um kind of disseminating information and in the art of uh queer POCs as well so
0: right yeah that's what I'll be doing. And that's why, uh, from the minute that this opportunity presented itself, I was like, you have to do this. Yeah. This is so important to not just the history of, of us as queer POCs ourselves, but to the work that we do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's, it's directly, you know, it's, it's something that I feel a lot of people don't, don't really get the opportunity to, preserve the mm-hmm. the the art pieces that they or the the not even because it's not even just art pieces material it's culture material you know right to to preserve a history that you have a personal connection mm-hmm. to yeah absolutely i i just i'm very excited to see the the projects that are going to come up for you and stuff and and um i i i just i'm excited to see you excited again about something you're doing not that you're not currently excited but i think it's different it's, it's a different it's gonna, it's, um, um, it's going to be more visible
1: yeah I think. you know am going back into nonprofits um and into the nonprofit world which is kind of well it is where i grew up basically so um i feel like i've learned a lot in this past year working in a commercial gallery it's benefited me in a, in probably more ways than i can think of right now yeah. um but I feel like I've, I've developed a whole new set of tools uh, while I've been working at the gallery. And while, it, while I am sad to leave because of you know, what I've established and, and worked toward in the year that I've been there, um, like Robert said, I would be stupid to not, um, <laughs> to not pursue this. So that's what I'll be doing. I just, I, I see it as a really
0: enriching experience for you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited for you to get started and I'm excited to see what you can put together. Cause I know that you are, I know that the, the staff understands that you're completely, you're very capable of it. And I think that once you get your hands on these items, you will understand why it was that they wanted you so bad. Yeah. You know? And they have a
1: great team in place. So I'm yeah. very excited to start working with all of them. So yeah.
0: yeah. New beginnings. Um, back to the wedding for just a quick second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned that I was not planning on dancing at this wedding, right? Yes. I don't know if, because to me, I feel like, so I grew up going to family functions where we all were expected to dance. And it was, a, it was the sort of, um, it, it like the, the temperature of the room was if you weren't dancing, you were boring. And so it was never your, Um, No one was ever like, oh, I'm definitely not dancing. It was sort of like I had a cousin who was not into it at all. And so he would just like sit everything out Mm -hmm. and stuff. But it was like, you know... My my upbringing was like, let's all make a circle and then we'll each like go into the middle of the circle and do our little dance and then like, you know, pick someone like it was very we were very a like very, a soul train line. No, no. Well, sort of like a soul train line. But you're a you're standing in a circle mm-hmm. and you just come in and do something. And then mm-hmm. and so that was something that I didn't know was missing from my life. Like I didn't realize the joy that it brought out in me until we went to this wedding. and. I jokingly said to you like, Oh, I, I can totally embarrass you right now. And I feel like I might do it. And you're like, okay, do it. <laughs> do it." My aunt really, my aunt has had a couple of drinks and she clearly wants to dance. So why don't you, yep. whatever. And then, I don't know, it just kind of, I just kind of leaned into it. And I've, I've been having this problem as an adult where I make it to the edge of a cliff you know, emotionally. Do you know what I mean? And I get there and I'm just like, I don't actually want to jump because I'm afraid of what's waiting at the bottom. And mm. this was the first time in a while that I just jumped without really thinking about it. Because I'm, ve- I'm a very self-conscious person as an adult. And I did not have any of that as a child. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, regularly, like, I was regularly paid to dance wherever i was as a child wow like i would have danced for free but the money was it lo- was very nice i mean <laughs> damn so, um, yeah, my favorite was when Vogue came out, everyone was paying, I, I would get paid a dollar by all of my cousins mm-hmm. to Vogue. And it was like, I wasn't actually voguing, but like, I was doing, I was recreating what I saw in the video, mostly by Madonna, because I was not coordinated enough to Vogue. I'm not coordinated enough to Vogue today as an adult.
1: Look um, at you not appropriating.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> just, just copying what I'm seeing. That's all. Uh, so it was just, it was fun and, um... Yeah, it was a great time. And it kind of made me miss going out clubbing and actually dancing on the weekends and stuff like that being the thing where, you know, I guess we would go like my friends and I, we would all go out and the goal was to meet someone. But we were also like, oh, music, like, let's make sure that we actually Mm -hmm. dance to this music. So um, I missed that and didn't even know it. And now it's like awake. Mm -hmm in my mind. Oh. So. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like my dream every year for DragCon cuz dra- we're we're on the we're on the cusp, right? Or whatever you want to call it. DragCon is this weekend. My dream every year is to have the loudest booth with all of this amazing music playing and we are just like constantly like dancing or like, you know, doing the bump and shit like mm-hmm you know, whatever it is the whole time. Like that is what I picture in my head. It's never panned out Mm -hmm. probably because we have not spent the money on the proper technology to be playing music that loud. Like last year at New York drag con, Serena Chacha had the
1: best sound system because she was keeping us all alive. She had the thing. Right. I I call them like the, the christening speakers (laughs) because that I went to a lot of, I went to a lot of Puerto Rican christenings growing up and I s- and there I, was dancing at those. There was, was dancing. Was there, not? Yeah. there was alcohol. There was food. Because the baby was like in a crib surrounded by lace in a corner, like check on the baby every oh, at, few minutes. Mine, and that was it. The baby was dancing. The
0: baby was being held by the parents and dancing along with the rest. Oh, of them. I mean,
1: I literally just pictured an infant in one of those like christening gowns, like. Doing a yeah, like the macarena on the floor. Yeah, it's not, no. Um, yeah, but whatever. Those are, I I, I know they're not called christening speakers, yeah. but that's what they are to me.
0: I mean, I know, I know that Jiggly would not have a problem with us dancing the whole time at Dragon. I know she wouldn't. I just Mm-mm. it's I like I picture it as like, as this whole sleek Studio Fifty Four moment that it never is. No, <laughs> <laughs> the closest I came was last year. I remember Sunday. Um we had to like reorganize the merch and I was doing it by myself and listening to uh Cardi B's album and just like lip-syncing along and just doing whatever like just enjoying my mo- like enjoying my life in that moment and like you know lip-syncing like nobody was watching because there was nobody there. So this year <laughs> I want it to be fun whether people are watching or not, you know. Yeah. So uh, we also have some uh, I I am I am anticipating our neighbors to be loud because we have Willem directly next door to us. And then there's this haunted house that's like two booths mm-hmm. over, but still like on the same street. Or yeah, whatever you call it. So I hope that we're not just like listening to screams the whole weekend, but also hopefully between us and Willem's booth, we can like have a little bit of a party atmosphere mm-hmm. and create this
1: part the curtains.
0: Um I don't know that we're going to have
1: are we back to back
0: really tall we are back to back but no 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 not back to back sorry we're 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 actual like next door neighbors
1: Oh yeah
0: oh so it'll be like when Mariah and was... Jiggly last exactly. year then Exactly
1: but Mariah had I think she had like a higher up No it was the same it was the same you're thinking, you're thinking of Alexis, because Alexis was back-to-back. Back. Oh, no, Alexis was back-to-back back with Serena, and Alexis had that huge contraption. Well, but she had a backdrop, so it yeah. wasn't like, you know, yeah. it wasn't
0: like where Ari, like, Drag Queen oh, Merch was behind
1: us, and Ari would pop in every
0: few minutes to be like, hey, you know, like the neighbor who shows up on the sitcom where there's <laughs> She like would scare
1: the shit out of Jiggly every <laughs> time. It was great. Um, and there's that wonderful video of Mariah and Jiggly fighting, I don't think anyone, which was amazing. I don't think anyone's seen that <gasps> so that's just for us that's just for us yeah that's just for us
0: yeah um we're gonna take a break but when we come back uh we're gonna talk about some fun stuff like how you can stalk your ex from space yeah so stick around we'll be right back oh hi it's me robert and i have a question do you shop on amazon if so you can be a supporter of our show just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the amazon button in our menu Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it. And every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back and it's time to talk about history being made.
1: (laughs) So I know that sometimes (laughs) people really go to great lengths. To, uh, you know, keep tabs on their former partner or, you know, to stalk them in many cases. I've never heard of somebody, like, tapping into a person's bank account from light years away. (laughs) Um, Which I'm probably speaking in hyperbole because I don't understand space. But you get my drift. So... Um, this week it came out that a, um, an astronaut named Anne McClain had been accessing her ex-wife's bank account, uh, via a computer on a space station. hmm Um, and that in and of itself is kind of cuckoo because I'm just like, if I were in space, I don't, like... I don't think that's what I'm going to be focusing on necessarily. But anyway, they they divorced um, in late 2018. It was a little lacrimonious. Um, and uh, Anne McLean's wife, Summer War- Warden, um, happens to be an Air Force intelligence officer. And so mm-hmm. when Anne was asking Summer all these questions from space about... <laughs> excuse me, her finances, like, hey, how'd you buy a car? How'd you afford that? And, you know, she's like, girl, you're not even here. Like, how do you know all this? She decided to ask her bank, because she's an intelligence officer, she had the clearance, to have them trace all the computers that were accessing her account. Mm -hmm. And they traced it to a computer that was registered to NASA. And where was that computer? In the middle of space, on the space station or or satellite, where Anne was stationed. Okay. Okay. So how do they get Wi Fi in space? That's what I want. Well, to know. I mean, you're on a satellite. You're like I think that oh, you basically right, 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 uh, on right, a satellite right. or okay. space station, again, I don't know, like, you know, the th- I, I I don't know all the terms. But you know, they're hooked up, they can communicate. So like they were sending emails back and forth. That's how she would ask her, like, hey, how'd you afford a car? Mm. Um and so she's now um I guess going after her um like accusing her of you know like identity theft and things of that nature and Anne, who's the one who had you know who accessed things from abroad let's say um the astronaut the astronaut was saying that you know well she was using the same password that they had always used when they were married and she didn't give her you know say oh you can't and she was just making sure that um Money was being allocated properly to take care of their child, which wasn't isn't actually their child. It's the uh, Air Force intelligence officer's child that she gave birth to two years before they met. And oh. then. Yeah. So there's other things. So like part of what caused their breakup was that um, the astronaut was very intent on adopting and or. Uh, getting equal parental rights to this child, right? Um, and you know, the 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 Air Force intelligence officer was not too keen on that because, like, this mm-hmm. is her kid. They had only been together since around 2014, even though they were married. And you know, she just didn't um, feel comfortable with that. And I guess she she could tell that there were some things that weren't quite. Um, stable with this with this other woman right. um like she would post photos on social media of her in her astronaut outfit uh uniform with um with with the kid and, and made it seem like she was she was the kid's mom like so you know it just seems um like the astronaut was it, it was really like intent on manufacturing this family at all costs mm-hmm. um and it, it it went so far as her you know um uh, basically, you know, accessing information that I feel like she was no longer privy to. Um, and her, her whole, like, defense of this was, like I said, you know, about making sure money was being allocated properly for the child and that their finances were still intertwined. But it was not, like, this bank account had nothing to do with her finances. It was just one that she had access to when they were married to pay for things as needed. Right. Um. So, yeah
0: why didn't the for an intelligence officer there's a lot of intelligence missing if you break <laughs> up with your ex and your ex has your password to something as like simple as your facebook you would change that
1: password mm-hmm. right oh if you and i ever get divorced i'm changing my amazon password right like <laughs> you know it's it's like it it, it it it's from silly things like that to more serious things especially if you've Again, all the details of their divorce are not here, but it, it it does seem like you know this this was not um um not unanimous. What's the um this is not uh, amicable. amicable, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I I. I I don't know. I just feel like it's just tacky, not even tacky. It's just not right to go around accessing information just because you have a password. Like, you really need to know your limits. And this is a great, you know, we talk a lot about setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. This is a big boundary. Yes. You know, to set. Like, and even if their finances were intertwined. At this point like there are you know say hey by the way I'm gonna access this for this or whatever you know like is it okay like and I understand that when people separate there there's like a period of time where things are still kind of being worked out but that doesn't seem like that was the case here yeah Um, but yeah yeah um and this also might have cost the astronaut the uh like the opportunity to be one of the first women to walk on the moon right um because her there was a a, basically an all-female team that they were putting together or are putting together yes and and it's been a few years in the making because i guess you have to go through a lot of training for these types of things Mm -hmm. um and she was recently cut from that team, and the excuse that they're using is that they didn't have enough spacesuits in her size. Ooh, that's petty. Because there was another, another woman, um, I guess, who was her size, that is going, and she's not. I mean, I don't know how much a spacesuit costs to make. Yeah, well, from what I
0: read, the there's another woman who her and this other woman are about the same size, and both of them are not going. That's what I read, but I could be I could be mistaken. I just think it's so petty that they're like, oh, we're gonna ignore the fact that you used our computers to keep tabs on your ex and to police their behavior. And we're actually hmm. going to give you the the reason we're going to give you that you're not going on this T on this uh this
1: sh- this this thing to the moon is that you don't fit into a spacesuit. I know, and it's not clear if it was both of them that were scrapped. It just says that they didn't have enough in the in the two women's sizes. They say that her, I don't know, but whatever. Apparently, it, it made it onto SNL where right. ad bryan I, I ha we haven't watched snl in ages but i mean that's a whole other issue and i'm not one to judge size but there's a photo of this woman here and she seems to be of average height builds i mean like so if they again if they were picking like that's not the like <laughs> like why use that reason yeah how hard is it to build a space suit yeah i mean i'm sure it's very hard but somebody goofed like if this is, if it's not true that they didn't have it in the right size like using that it just kind of like like the stuff she did is not cool but wait. i think that
0: what she did is indicative of 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 her temperament exactly and i think that they should like that's good feedback for this woman
1: mm-hmm.
0: clearly she didn't you know she didn't she didn't just walk into a room and say I want to be an astronaut like this took a while mm-hmm. for her. And so I'm sure that the the fact that she's taking this hit the way she is, she needs to take this note and learn to not do this again in the future. Yeah. I don't
1: I don't really see how It's just it's really sad because she's you know, she's not really small potatoes.
0: That's what I just said. You know. Yeah, it's like you were saying like she's That's a what West I just Point said. graduate. I, I don't understand how you would you would allow something like this to stand in your way twice, mm-hmm. you know, so help her to learn from this lesson and to not make this mistake again. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple, yeah. you know, uh, but I, I did enjoy the futuristic feeling of this whole story about how, you know, uh, you're stalking your ex from space and you yeah, know,
1: yeah. When, when I first read the headline for this, I stupidly thought that she was like using some powerful telescope
0: yeah no
1: i mean that's possible
0: (laughs) i just don't i I still can't wrap my mind around using the internet from space to check on your ex's finances it just it seems useless you're in space you're in space what are you gonna call her and be like i see that you went to chipotle again
1: this week like uh, you know what? The, it's nice Why? to know that you can still take care of your banking from space. That's true. You know, That's it reminds true. me of that story of the I, I don't know if she was an astronaut or just like in the army, that woman who was obsessed with this guy who had a partner. They were all in the army and she drove cross country without stopping to like go get him in a diaper. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was a few years ago. Look it up. It's I think it's I remember I think we story. might have talked about it on here. I I remember you telling me about it. Yeah.
0: That's a lot. So there yeah. you go. Um, Antonio Banderas revealed in <laughs> an interview. I know what a what a shift. Wow. Uh, he revealed in an interview that he owed his life to a drag queen, and I thought that was very fascinating. Right. Uh, so in in the 1970s, he was in a uh, he was in an accident on a on a motorbike. Right. Um. Yeah, on, on a motorbike, and he basically, his bike went into a ditch, and he was essentially left there uh, unconscious, mm-hmm. and a drag queen who happened to be driving by pulled over and brought him to the hospital, essentially. Yeah. And I, I just, what a fascinating story. Why, like, why right. hold on to this? In full, in full geesh. Oh, she was in drag. Oh, she yeah. She was in full drag, She was yeah. in,
1: in just, you know, so can you imagine in Spain... I mean, I'm, I think it, they, they said it was Spain in the 1970s. This drag queen just happens upon Antonio Banderas in a ditch. A young Antonio Banderas. I mean, uh, Antonio Banderas at any age, really. Well, but well, yeah, exactly. A young, a young. One, that like was when the
0: that that was when the the world was beginning to mm-hmm. fall in love with him. The yeah. world in Spain, exactly, because he wasn't. I don't think mm-hmm. he was well known. Yeah, here I don't yet. think he was well known
1: here yet. But um, I I think it's a really cool story, actually. I thought it was really interesting, and i th-
0: I also thought, I mean, aside from the con- uh, the context, which i i I personally don't love the context of the uh, of this story, mostly because it feels to me. So he's playing a um like a like a I keep calling it a caricature, but it's like a caricature of of uh, Almodovar. It's who a it's is it, this it, it, yeah. It's kind of a a character inspired by yes. Almodovar. Okay, and. He and Almodovar have a really long, uh, relationship. Like they have a long history mm-hmm. together because th- he's been in his movies for years mm-hmm. and he's also played gay characters before mm-hmm. in a lot of his films. And, um, and he basically talks about how he's not, it, when, when he's in a movie and he's playing a gay character, he's not, uh, he's not, impersonating a gay character he just he wants to tap into their emotions and actually be them Mm -hmm. while he is filming this all of that to me reads as code words for i want to get ahead of the media again reminding me that gay characters need to be Mm -hmm. played by gay actors and that's why i have a i just i don't know i saw this and i was like this is a really cool story but then but then there's the element of him, it seems to me, getting in, getting ahead mm-hmm. of some sort of controversy. Yeah. What's unique, I think, in this instance is that he is playing Almodovar, who he has this really long history with. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, it's like, who better to play you than an actor who, in a way... Uh, I mean, other than other than Penelope Cruz, I would say that Antonio Banderas was a huge inspiration to
1: Armando growing I mean, yeah, up. Yeah, or not he, growing
0: up, but like in 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 his in the beginning of his career.
1: Yeah, I mean, these two, you know, uh, Antonio Banderas and Penelope Cruz have been constants in his work. Yeah, um, for many years. I mean, and 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 again, it's um. Like uh they're only, you know, two of the actors in a very long roster of other Spanish actors and actresses who have appeared consistently and have appeared in his movies consistently over the years because right. he does, you know, he, because it, if you haven't seen his movies, you need to go and at least see a few because they are all interconnected on a certain level. And he's very, um particular mm-hmm. and nitpicky about things down to like how colors are interpreted in his films and so he uses these actors that he's developed relationships with who he trusts and who trust him to convey these stories properly right. as he sees them so right it, it it's no surprise that he would choose somebody like antonio banderas that he's had a very long working relationship with to play a character that is based on his life Mm -hmm. and so and and i don't think that that's necessarily a um uh like a bad thing that antonio banderas did because i think like yes like gay roles queer roles trans roles should be played by people who identify as gay queer trans etc because it's just it does um bring more authenticity to it but in this case i think it's an exception right you know like you said and and i think that it's before we start to, uh, like jump to, uh, critiquing, you know, as a somebody who is playing a gay role and they happen not to be, you need to look at the context. Absolutely. Like you said. And so I think that in this case, he was, you know, trying to, to say, well, like, I have this history. Like, I understand, you know, the, 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 the queer community. Well, I, like, I even owe my life to a drag queen because this happened to me in the seventies. So, like, right. I, I'm going to do good by this role, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, I mean. It just, it
0: seemed like a lot of, um, a lot of explanation for something that uh, no one had asked for any explanation about yet, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I just, I, I have a hard time reading stuff like this and not being able to read between the lines And so immediately when he started talking about how, you know, I owe my like, I love it. It felt like, Oh, I love my gays. I even, uh, I had my, (laughs) I had my bachelorette party at a gay bar and it was lovely. (laughs) Like it, it just, it felt a lot like that, even though I'm not saying that that's what this is. Clearly, like I said, they have a history and that history I think is important to a character study. And so it's almost like he doesn't have to do a character study because they have spent so much time together. But At the same time, I feel like a lot of what he said in this interview was with the attempt to evade any criticism for him being a straight man playing a gay character. Yeah. So anyway, Um, and speaking of evading critics, (laughs) speaking of, uh, I don't know, playing a character. I don't know. I don't know. So there are two survivors from the pulse shooting who uh, joined an anti-gay march and have founded an anti-gay group. And I we, we struggled with wh- whether we were going to talk about this mm-hmm. on the podcast or not, because neither one of us has experienced the level of trauma that these two men have. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know what being in that headspace looks like. But I feel like you wouldn't necessarily turn to starting a hate group, which is what I see this
1: as. Oh, I mean, it, it is. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely a hate group.
0: And one of them, I want to say, so the, the, the two men that are named in this article, uh, Luis Javier Ruiz and Angel Colon, um, I want to say Angel was profiled on that True Life episode that they did about the Pulse
1: survivors. At least, yeah, one of them. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, but-
0: Yeah, they – I I just – I don't understand. So they are also referring to themselves as Mm ex-gays. And there are are people on social media that are saying that they've seen them on Scruff and Mm -hmm. Grinder, And, you know, it's all – you know, clearly – someone said it at one Mm -hmm. point that uh, the the journey to acceptance isn't linear. Yeah.
1: And I feel like we we might have talked about this – some point last year, I think. It was a while ago, there was this photo that appeared on social media where I think it was one of these guys was like, We're ex gay and it's like I think we avoided it. Do we avoid I think that? We completely? avoided it last time too. Okay, yeah, well Yeah.
0: And so that's why I think it's important to talk about the, mm-hmm. this the it just it doesn't seem it doesn't seem logical to me no. to be the survivor of trauma and then your your reaction to that is to start an anti-gay
1: organization. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. And I think because a lot of people, you know, like this is not the first time we're hearing of these two people either. No. This has been since 2018. I think it's called like the Freedom March or something like that. The Freedom
0: March was what they participated participated in, in. And then they also started a group called, okay, the group is called Fearless Identity. There it is. So,
1: Oh my god! Yeah. That doesn't sound like an anti-gay group at all. Actually, like truly, no. it sounds like a you know be your be your truest self. Uh, it says type inc- of thing. an
0: organization that encourages people to reject their LGBT identities, and so that's a form of suppression. Absolutely. And you think I don't, I just this just seems counterintuitive to me. Well, what that's I was going to
1: say before we figured out that it's called fearless identity is yes. that when when I was reading this article when we were talking about it. And deciding to to talk about it on the podcast, I didn't. So yeah, it's super easy to start ridiculing them right, and right. being like, "Oh, you know, girl, you're not ex-gay. Look at this photo of you," because that's what they were doing last year. And was- that's
0: that's exactly. I happened upon a photo of these two men and another and a group of people mm-hmm. who I guess uh, they had led through ex-gay therapy, mm-hmm. which we. I, I think most if not all people at this point understand except for those that that see the benefit in it which mm-hmm. I don't know what you're seeing but I think we all understand that ex gay therapy is damaging Absolutely. it's incredibly damaging and so they there was just this like this photo where they were uh they were it, the caption was something like who says you can't be um who says you can't change or who says you can't be not gay or something, and there, and what I saw because i 'm nosy, um, I totally would have been that astronaut that uh, spied on my ex from space. You are that I astronaut. am that astronaut um, <laughs> <laughs> what i what I saw in the comments were ex- like the, these exchanges between people who were being you know there was one person in particular who was being very supportive after the the, the Pulse shooting happened and spending all this time with them in the hospital and um, and that person was of the mindset that this is not something that needs to change so why are you doing this mm-hmm. and then there were the people that I guess came into this person's life a little bit after the shooting and how essentially how this is like brainwashing mm-hmm. what what has what has occurred in these two men's lives mm-hmm. and so that to me was troubling and I I just the the reason we didn't talk about it last time I think was because we didn't know enough about it I'm just looking at a photo on Facebook Mm -hmm. and then interpreting a bunch of stuff based on comments yeah there
1: wasn't anything from from either of these men about it now right what I think this and 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 in talking about this like I said you know don't I I don't think that it's worthy of ridiculing or necessary to do that because I think that what we're actually seeing here is something that I think is really typical Um, at least in Hispanic communities, um, where, you know, like the church and Christ are what you turn to, to fix, to, to like fix in air quotes, like whatever is wrong with you, be it depression, anxiety, homosexuality, like, you know, build a community. And yes, there are benefits to being a part of, um, you know, a religious community, um, as long as it's like reinforcing positivity and and all that stuff but okay in in this case he or i, I think it's Luis actually was the one who's quoted um you know saw this shooting a, as as punishment saw losing one of his friends a few di- few days later as a sign that you know this is not how he should be living mm-hmm. that you know, I, I think he'd also been diagnosed as as HIV positive uh, prior to that. So kind of the, you know, him obviously being a religious person and then, you know, these the signs appearing, mm-hmm. it, it like backfires, basically. And so right. instead of using his community as a support system, his religious community, it's obvious that this religious community is not support him and who he is, or in this case was, I guess, but telling him that, you know, you need to look at all this stuff and then go in the other direction. Right. And I feel like when you experience you know severe trauma such as this you could convince yourself as he has that by going in the other direction this will never happen to you again right and and that's what's really sad because it does point out again that there needs to be more education particularly in um and i'm just gonna hispanic communities because that's what i know yeah you know in that there needs to be more um education about mental health less stigma around it yeah because honestly like the church is not equipped to properly take care of somebody's mental health right it's just it's a fact there's too much bias there they're 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 too wrapped up in dogma and and i think that more than anything that's what this story highlights and it's quite unfortunate because then this spreads yeah, You know, and then it's one person's problem, which in this case it is. But then, mm-hmm. you know, what if other people get wrapped into it? Young kids, you know, mm-hmm. who are who are struggling and are like, oh, well, if I just join this group, like I'll fix myself. You know, right. it's like you don't need to fix yourself.
0: There's nothing broken. Right. And that's the that's the part that I find troubling. I um I came out to a friend when I was 15. And then two weeks later, my sister's youngest son died. And I looked at those. I saw those two things as linked, as completely linked. And I told the the one friend that I came out to, I told him that I felt like my nephew dying was directly related to me being gay. And I'm reminded of that when I'm when I listen to this story of these men, and I feel like they're not getting the support, like you said, they're not getting mm-hmm. the proper support that they need because the church is just telling them you need to change who you are and suppress who you are in order to live to live in safety. Mm-hmm. That's what they're telling them yep. that you don't deserve safety if you're part of the LGBT community, mm-hmm. and that they need to understand that they do that they they deserve safety just for being alive. Yeah, and and surviving this massacre is not the reason why they or, or is not an, it was not reason enough to suppress. There's their sexuality. Mm-hmm. It's not it. it it's, yeah. it's not. That's not what it, th- that's not the sign. Mm-hmm. If anything, the sign is to make sure you're living your best life. And, you know, uh, because, it, you know, one of the things he talks about in here is turning to alcohol uh, to numb his Mm -hmm. pain and all this stuff
1: and it's like that's you don't have to do that yeah you know that's also not a gay thing no
0: no (laughs) not at all
1: like and and that's the thing where where i again it's Trauma and you're overwhelmed, right. and he was probably also dealing with his HIV di- diagnosis. I mean, right. he says it, and and this, that you know, and and all these things, and then they they just get conflated right into this like a big ball of caca, yeah. That you just want to fix, yeah. And it's like
0: no, it's no. also I'm I'm reminded with uh, the inclusion of of his HIV status. I'm reminded of the episode of The Golden Girls where uh, Rose is Rose is told that she may have been exposed to HIV. And so she has to get tested and her and um, her and Blanche have this moment where Rose is like, well, uh, you have, you've slept with so many people and why is it that this is happening to me? And Blanche says HIV is not a, uh, it's not a disease that only if that like, it's not like a bad person's disease. It affects everyone. And that was such a uh, to me that is such a poignant moment in media that happened at a time when the the president of this country was ignoring the fact that it was actually an epidemic mm-hmm. and and choosing choosing to actively ignore it yeah. instead of acknowledging what was happening and getting people the help they needed or giving the funding to the right places so that we could make all of the advancements that we have today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm just there's just there's so there's so much that if these if these two men had the right support system, which it seems like the, you know, at least last year around the time that they shared that photo, it seemed like there were certain people that were still trying to maybe steer them in a different direction mm-hmm. and give them the help that they actually needed as opposed to telling them that there was something wrong with who they are fundamentally yeah. and, and suppress it further. So. Yeah, this
1: idea of divine punishment really needs to be like... Ex-sized, Yeah.
0: <laughs> because it's just not but it's 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 all it's all part of the language. Yeah. I mean it's really sad. You know, I don't I don't know if you wanted to talk about this but there were elements of we we went to church for the first Ooh. time in a very long time and you know, no no disrespect to church, but there's a reason that uh when I was 17 I took a look around one day at church cuz I used to go to church every Sunday super early in the morning and there was one day after I turned 17 where I looked around and I was like, this is just not for me. I I see all of the hypocrisy Mm -hmm. just sitting around me quietly waiting for this church service to end and it didn't make any sense. And so there were, there was language that was used in the church service itself this weekend and you were just like, Oh, they say that every Sunday. And I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. they would say that every Sunday. That wasn't a special inclusion because somebody asked for it. That is in the text Mm -hmm. that they
1: read. There, there were some moments in the, whatever, the, the program (laughs) where the church was talking about, with the church, where the priest was talking about, you know, a woman's obedience. And I was just like, "Mm." you know, and then when it came time, came time to do the vows and, you know, there's, like, I promise to honor and, you know, that word obey, right? Yeah. And, and my stepmother very clearly skipped the obey part, which I... <laughs>
0: I didn't catch that! I Because it was,
1: like, ser obediente y, y, um, na fe, uh, y fiel. So, you know, to be, like... Um, to, oh be God, obedient fiel, to be obedient and loyal. And, and faithful. And faithful, faithful right? We, we yeah. Faithful, fine. Great. You should be faithful to your partner in whatever. Again, with within, whatever that means. Whatever yes. that means to you, yeah. too. Obedient. Mm. No. No, 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 because man. the man is never <laughs> asked to say that. Well, the right. The male-identifying person is not asked to say that when you're having a a, a conventional uh, heterosexual uh, wedding ceremony. Right. And I love that she whoop, skipped right over that because hmm. I was like, oh good. Because as soon as it came out of the priest's mouth, I was just like, oh, we're still saying that, like. Well, you know? it's interesting because the, the thing that you,
0: that you pointed out was, let us acknowledge our sin. Oh, yeah, that. And I'm just like, Oh God, this again? Like, mm-hmm. I just, it's incredibly triggering for me to be in a church, much less have to hear all of that and, and, and remember, because I, I do remember, I remember verbatim a Catholic church service and, I know when everything's coming. That was part of the reason when you and your brother were having a hard time knowing when to stand and when to sit and all that stuff. I was like, "It's coming. I know it's coming. It's this moment right here." Mm-hmm. And then we stand. Okay, up. You just like, like tap, and I, be, I oh. just tap you, and I'm like, "It's time to stand up." Mm-hmm. Because at a certain point, the priest, I think, realized that the majority of the people at this wedding were not regular churchgoers, and mm-hmm. so they didn't know when to sit and stand. So at a certain point, he was like, "Please stand. Please mm-hmm. sit. Whatever." Um, but um, yeah, it, it's just. I, I feel like it's not just the fact that the language is damaging; mm-hmm. it's also lazy. Because if you remember, there's a moment in the when the when the priest is talking about this union of two two people who are too old to have children. I, I don't think that that's it's terrible, terrible he thing said? to say. He did not say that. Oh, I'm saying to you that there was a moment in his in his text where he said, "Let your children." be an extension of your love and joy. And yes, your dad and Regina have children. Yeah. Yes, duh. But I think that that piece of it was meant for children that would have been... Had. ...have been created mm-hmm. as a...
1: as a, like, uh, a result of this As a result union. of this yeah, union. Exactly. exactly,
0: yeah. Huh. I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but I just remember thinking, wow, okay, so we're not even trying to... Mm-hmm look through our text and yeah. actually tailor this to the wedding you're having right now. You're just yeah. reading what's in the book. I
1: mean, that priest also looked like he was younger than both of us. So, right. I like, he stumbled through a lot. There was a lot of stumbling in that service. Cause I, I've, right. I've been, like I said, I've been to at least one other wedding in my life and it was like seamless. You know the priest had everything bookmarked. He knew what he was going to do and 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 say, and and this guy was just like, uh, where was, do I look? He
0: was flipping through. There were de- there was definitely a post it that kept getting moved from one page to the oh, next. Poor it was It was very embarrassing. I think. And not to like, not to critique, I mean, this this church gets two stars on, on Yelp. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I just, it's not, if I had to pick a church to get married in, it wouldn't be this one. He stepped on the whole, uh, you may kiss the bride moment. And, you know, whatever your feelings are of that thing, or or the fact like the, the, the church organ playing as they're kissing, like, it, there's just stuff that is supposed to be part of, like... And it's and I'm not talking about stuff I've seen in the movies. I've been to weddings where that has happened. And it's been beautiful. Yeah. And it's been a moment of like an eruption of joy and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And none of that took place. Yeah. And it sort of felt to me at least like having the service at a church was maybe not the best choice. Well, maybe at this church with this priest. Exactly. Because
1: I was like, where's the the joy in the priest's? You know, well, boys. they
0: don't they they don't usually have that much. Jo- I've I've well, I grew up in a church where the deacon was a little bit more joyous mm. than the priests. And so if you wanted, you know, you basically had to be like you. I want that one. Mm-hmm. Like you had to pick it out like it was a yeah. catalog. Um, I found out later that your your dad and Regina aren't parishioners there. Oh, yeah, that's not their
1: church. Yeah. And yeah,
0: for sure. They they gave them 10 percent because they're not parishioners.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's and a that, real thing. And that's the thing. If you're you, you gotta make sure that like you have a um a relationship with that church because right. this person has to kinda know you, you know. It, it 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 doesn't um yeah. Like when my aunt Judy got married back in two thousand, they went to her well, now ex husband's um family's like church that they've been going right. to for years. So right. it was a very nice service, I have to say, like I don't believe in any of it, but it was a, a very well produced wedding mess yeah you know again there was no shuffling there was no um awkward pauses and and, and i haven't talked to my dad about this but well here you go i feel like <laughs> i like i oh, I, no, I have is your dad I, listening I, to this i right don't now? know he listens sometimes but i was i wanted to have a phone call Sorry. and I meant to be like hey that was great but like i think you should get your money back like yeah. this guy was super awkward and just you know he didn't get enough sleep the night before like what's going on here yeah you know it wasn't cheap either yeah. it's um it's, it's odd i um and it sucks because it was a beautiful space to have a wedding yeah but
0: i know that the priest know. the priest who married my sister is the same priest who baptized me and i want to say um you know like but he was requested specifically for that service mm-hmm. and so that sort of became The thing that would happen, I want to say when my brother got married, it might have been the same priest. It might have been somebody else. I don't remember. Yeah, there was a relationship But it was the same church. It was the church that we went to every Sunday. And Mm -hmm. so we had a relationship with that church. And they understood the importance of us getting married in this church. And like,
1: you know, because it's it's a whole like continuity of your Mm -hmm. faith. Yeah, because normally like before everything happens... You actually get to see the priest and talk to him. Oh, and like they
0: had to... They, we
1: didn't know where the heck he was. They had to meet with the priest regularly mm-hmm. in the weeks coming. Well, which they did. But so. but again, I've been to at least one more wedding and the priest is kind of there when everybody shows up. Like, all we heard was a gong and then we're like, oh, is he coming? It was a bell. Okay. It was the bell the that bell. they ring Whatever. before the priest comes out. I was like, oh... Cause I kept on asking my dad, "Where's the priest? Where's the priest?" And he's like, "He's here somewhere." And I go, "But also, there's normally a procession. Yeah, there's that something. didn't take place. Yeah, it was a weird, uh, a weird. They moment. also
0: normally the the wedding when the wedding party comes down the aisle, the um, there's no one standing in the back of the church, and then before the bride is shown for the first time, the doors are shut, mm-hmm. and then the, there's the the key change mm-hmm. and the the wedding march, and then the doors open. There just there was a lot of stuff that were I a um, unapologetically gay wedding planner, Mm -hmm. I would have been very upset. (laughs) Like there was just there was a lot there that I wanted because I know I know that this was a big moment for Regina. And I know that there were things in there that I'm like, I would have wanted
1: that for her. I would have wanted that for her. Like there were just there were things there. And And again, I have not had this conversation with my dad as of this recording. But if he's listening, I'm sorry. I should have said something before. But.
0: I think the beauty of it is that they have a strong bond, mm-hmm. your dad and Regina. And mm-hmm. so none of that no. is going to carry over into yeah. the marriage. So, yeah. but anyway, um, we're going to take a break. <laughs> and When we come back, we're going to have probably an equally contentious conversation about Dracula, And no, it's not because we don't like it this time. We are Mm-mm. actually enjoying it. So stick around. We'll be right back.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free, and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip, and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle.
0: We're back, and... We were going to do a one-minute Dragula review. And I know I didn't run this past you before the podcast. But I almost feel like it's not really worth talking about the first episode. I mean... You know what? Let's do our minute review, and then we'll have the other conversation after. Well, I feel like it doesn't actually have
1: to be a minute review. I think we just need to...
0: I think reviewing the points of the episode we enjoyed, that should be a minute long. Okay, fine. But the other conversation we're going to have, that's going to be more than a minute, I promise you. It'll be five minutes. So, yes. All right, so why don't you start that timer?
1: God, it's been so long. Can I do it? Let's see. I wasn't ready for this. Okay. And go
0: so rare rare thing that we'll say we love so far love dragula season three. Oh, it's great they have money so yes
1: like yes someone came
0: into some money they're on amazon
1: prime um the sound is great like mm. i could hear everything that they said um oh and those confessionals are so the crisp The confessionals yum. are crisp mm-hmm. yum, yum, and yum, it, it like <laughs> honestly it's nice to be able to hear what everybody is saying um i think they have a little too much lighting when they're judging like we need to bring them down fifi ohara should not have had an overhead light on her that was, that was a huge rude. that was awful and rude to her because so she rude. she posted photos on her instagram of her like backstage mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Like she knew how to light herself. So I-, I hope that this harsh it was just too much lighting. Too much yeah. lighting. Um yeah, I mean I I you know in general I'm like Team Yovska. Oh fuck. <laughs> Let's do another minute. I'm also No, we're not doing another we're not minute. Doing just turn minute. that off. Let's t- just shut turn up. it off. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. We it's not just, working. We can just have our own conversation right.
0: about it. Um uh, I am intrigued by Yovska. I will say um before we get into the the, the conversation that I feel will be contentious. I I hate to compare drag competitions to each other. I hate doing that. But I can't help but feel the immediacy of spooky drag and how how much more compelling it is to me uh, in comparison to Drag Race's sort of pageant system-y type of drag,
1: essentially. Are you saying that Drag Race has become like a pageant? Because that's what they were trying. Like, I, I agree with you because they were trying to go against that. And now it's kind of, you know... Well, um, yeah, I and I, I think that's I love that word immediacy because I yeah. think that's what it is. It's because spooky drag and things like that, um, and not just spooky drag, but drag that is uncomfortable i don't even even want to say unconventional confrontational drag that's what it is it's uncomfortable confrontational it makes you think it makes you think about gender and identity and what shapes the body should and you know like should and shouldn't have like it it basically displaces things and that's that's what i like is this displacement that you have in confrontational drag that is uh you, you know changing it up Basically, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what I think is so exciting. Yeah, and the contestants, for the most part, I think did did not disappoint in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I'm like Yoska is just like a, amazing. I love amazing. Yoska.
0: I love Halloween. Mm-hmm. I'm you know excited to see Madeline on TV finally. Yeah. Oh
1: my god, Madeline Hatter, yes. yes,
0: it's very exciting. Um, Violencia definitely left a, a strong impression on everyone, yeah, absolutely. Um, And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to start pointing everyone else out, but I, I've just, I'm excited for this season Mm -hmm. and it has been, you know, season two was not a season we've enjoyed very much and season one was fine. Yeah. Um, it was, you know,
1: it was like training wheels.
0: Yes. You know, one of the things that I think is keeping me from fully like,
1: (gasps) yes. Okay. One thing I love that they had this conversation in the boudoir. Oh, right. Was when... Hollow Eve. Um, Hollow Eve called out uh, Priscilla Chambers, who I think is really cool, actually, for using the term fish, which is an antiquated no-no term. Like, we don't use that term anymore. It's, it's outdated. It's a misogynistic Its, misogynistic. Term. its roots yeah. are so... When I... Because I didn't think about it for years. I was just like, I didn't understand it. Yeah. But then when I realized what it was referencing, it's like... So we want to use that term? Right. Like, why do we use that term? Right? Right. Right. Um, And I've been guilty of using it in the past. We all have. But I love that when Priscilla called somebody, you know, fishy, I forget who she was talking about. Yeah. That Halloween was like, hold on one moment and had that conversation. Yeah. And this is why it is so important to have People of all different gender identities, because uh, Halloween identifies as non-binary, or post-binary, actually, that you include everybody who is in the industry. Right. Because then you get viewpoints, and when you have differences and conflicts, it's productive. Absolutely. And I love that they had that, and I love that they left it in as well, because that is very important for people to see. Yes. Sorry.
0: Nope, I totally totally agree with you, and I wanted to talk about that. Uh, But one of the things, so what I was saying earlier, is one of the things that keeps me from fully leaning into this competition are the extermination challenges. And I don't know if I'm just being too sensitive about this, but I feel like the extermination challenges are going too far. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to know what the listeners think about this, because... To me, I am holding my breath when it gets to the end of the floor show after they announce the winner because I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy, and I'm trying to think if there was one, if there were any extermination challenges that I actually enjoyed. I guess the very first one where the girls were uh, buried in, in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Meatball made it terribly entertaining and she's Mm -hmm. even admitted now that a lot of what she was doing like she physically moved her body so that the water would get in her face and so that it would be a more entertaining moment for the mm-hmm. show which thank you meatball that was a very entertaining I mean, moment meatball's
1: exceptional
0: yes i mean
1: <laughs> yes meatball Meatball's not your your average uh confrontational queen i i, I want to not call it spooky drag anymore I'm gonna i would call it a confrontational
0: drag. i wouldn't agree Oh, you're saying she's not your average confrontational queen? Yeah, I heard that you, she wasn't a confrontational queen, and I was like, wait a minute. Meatball's oh, very
1: about? retiring. Did you not know that? Who are we talking about right now? Do you remember her whole? Not uh, my meatball. The, her uh, I'm a top now campaign. Yes. And her, uh, I just love how she just constantly makes fun of Klarna. But anyway, sorry, she's endlessly entertaining. But uh, my my whole point is,
0: I think that the extermination challenges, and this is not at all a re- a, a reaction to the extermination that took place on the first episode. Mm-mm. I am just i I don't know why, but it was this extermination in particular that kind of it was my light bulb moment where I have been trying to figure out. I've I've always had this weird. Trepidation about Dragula in general, and I understand that when it was a bar show, the whole the way that they chose a winner was that you basically had to outgross each other, Mm -hmm. right? I get that. I totally get that. I just think that the exterminations are not like you know. Whereas we see things like the like the cheerleading challenge that happened on Drag Race on season nine, that created some problems for the show itself, Mm -hmm. and so they had to reassess. How they were going to deal with things like uh like the contestant's safety mm-hmm. and I feel like this is throwing the contestant's safety in the trash that's why i can't I can't watch it and just be like, "Yay, drag, I'm worried about the contestant's safety the whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they stay or if they go." I'm only thinking about their safety. Yeah, the closest that I can think of is like you know when they they do a lip sync for your life and the song is just a song you've never heard of by an artist that you're like meh about. Like and an off brand Selena
1: song. Uh, Selena, Selena Gomez? Gomez. Sorry, watch your mouth. Sorry, an off brand Selena Gomez song. Yes, that is a perfect example. Pam it's, Tillis.
0: It's a song <laughs> you've never. It's a song you've never heard by an artist that you're sort of familiar with, and the song itself is really not that good. That's what this is like. You. You become disinterested. Yeah. But to me, it's not just disinterested. I become nervous for the contestant. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just wondering if anybody else is feeling the way I'm feeling. I wouldn't have done that. Somebody didn't. mm -mm, Somebody didn't. And I I completely understand. I fully understand. Absolutely not. Nope. That or the one. Sorry. the, The tattoo one. The tattoo okay, one no. is always the one in no, the, the front tat- of my brain.
1: because no, the tattoo one to me, I'm like, fine, it's on there. You can always get it taken care of. No, no, the no, other no, no. Thing- they went into
0: someone's van behind yes, the studio. But, but it was a licensed. Someone, it, it was, was a, a
1: licensing. And sure, let's not sure, forget, sure. you got your tattoo in an apartment. Okay, but it was by a licensed tattoo artist. Exactly, and they had a licensed tattoo artist because if I remember correctly, they put the person's name out, their handle, the whole nine yards. The tattoo artist misspelled the tattoo. Nobody said they could spell. They just know how to apply a tattoo. I'm just saying. So anyway, wait. What do you mean they misspelled it? They they the the grammar was incorrect, or whatever it is.
0: The, oh well, the, the the order of the wording. Yeah, well, was incorrect.
1: Anyway, <laughs> my issue, the one that I could not, I just was the 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 um the brains. No, the the piercing one.
0: Yeah, the one
1: that one because it's too much, and I can't believe that Erica Clash like took that many needles yeah. to her skin. Like, yeah. because the thing, what I'm thinking of is like, yeah, and again, they pro- they have somebody who knows how to do these things, right? Um, but no. 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 Like, no. what if it gets swollen? Like... You know, I, I, I... um, What if I, I bleed out? Mm-hmm. No, no,
0: uh-uh, no, mm-hmm. no. That's, and that's the thing, is that, like, this is not, it's supposed to be spooky, but it's supposed to be spooky in a theatrical way, not in a real way, you know? This is yeah. not about...
1: I mean, and I think that there is some, some, something to be said about pushing people to their limits, but, like, the exterminations are a bit fear-factoring. Yeah. Fear factor like. And I didn't like that show at all. I don't, no. And I don't care. I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be covered in cockroaches. I don't Mm -hmm. want you sticking needles through me to prove that I can take it or, you know, standing in a bucket of ice. Like, and, and it's something that until you mentioned it, I was like, yeah, like that. The extermination challenges are like, not, you know, no. I mean, being buried in a box and like having water thrown on you until you can't handle it, like, And some dirt, maybe a couple of bugs. Okay, Eh, whatever. I mean, I would not have fared so well, but I, I, I like you're in one, you're in one position, like you're in one place, right? You know, and and like you know, you might swallow a roach, but like, no, I'm not jumping out of an airplane. No, like that's just not. I don't jump, and I'm not jumping out of an airplane. Right, it's just not happening. That would have been the end of it. The one where they
0: froze them. Do you remember that one? The one where they had to sit on a block of
1: ice for as long as they possibly could. That, like they're, they're oh, that just... was the one where they were standing in the buckets. That's oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. The, I think that's the one where, where like where Disaster Arena got eliminated was on that episode. Maybe. I think anyway. I don't I don't remember who got eliminated. I'm just remembering.
0: See, and that and that's the thing. I don't even remember who got eliminated those episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm just remembering how awful and somewhat unnecessary these extermination Mm -hmm. challenges are i think to the competition itself Mm -hmm. i mean i see that they're they're taking the concepts from a bar competition and trying to translate them into a tv show and i think that for the most part they do a really good job i just i think that my issue with watching the competition itself it comes down to these exterminations i can't do
1: it I mean, and, and again, I'm sure that they have all the, like, safety things in place and stuff. But with this, this like, the first one of, of season three, like, once they jump out of that plane, there are there are so many variables. Mm-hmm. Re- and regardless of whether or not you're hooked up to somebody else and you're doing it in tandem. Yeah. Like, the, you know, it, it, it might not propel. Yeah. You know, the shoot might not come out like no mm-mm. the shoot might not come out you might be
0: too close to the plane like mm-hmm. there are all of these variables there are all of these mm-hmm. variable variables and you're basically putting your life in someone else's hands and it's a person you don't know and it's a situation you did not sign up for at the end of the day that's how i feel about it i get that these girls are here to compete but at the end of the day they're doing it for the exposure and it's to me it's just not right it's it's somewhat inconscionable to have have them do things like jumping out of an airplane or piercing them until they can't take it anymore. Uh, or, you know, the what even when, when Loris had to eat a brain, I mean, that's not that terrible, but it probably made her sick because she's a mm-hmm. vegan, you know, like there are just, there are certain elements to it that are somewhat unconscionable. I will say though, on drag race, those things happen behind the scenes. So there's that.
1: Well, you know, we all know the stories of their, you know, broken glass, no safety person on set. Not like, providing adequate mm-hmm. uh,
0: adequate food for people with special dietary mm-hmm. needs,
1: such as vegans and vegetarians. Yep. It, it just at least anyway. the girls on Dragula get to go home or wherever they're staying, right? You know, and and create really beautiful thought out conceptual looks that i have to right. say is 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 an interesting part of the converse of, of the competition but right. right i'm looking forward to the rest of it but, for but sure. maybe
0: this is what i need maybe i need because the 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 drag i initially fell in love with when i started to enjoy drag and when i started to become obsessed with it was scary to me mm-hmm. it was terrifying so maybe, that's, maybe this is exactly what I need to be watching. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But like I said, I was just curious to see if any of the listeners felt this way about the extermination challenges um, or any other elements of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we are very excited for the next episode. And, yeah. um, and maybe we'll stay up and watch
1: it? Question mark?
0: Maybe. No? It comes out at midnight. You know that, right? Oh. So,
1: exciting. Um, so in this week's Keto Corner, we have... Ch- chaffles? Chaffles.
0: chaffles, chaffles, chaffles,
1: chaffles, chaffles, chaffles.
0: Cheese and waffles combined is a chaffle. I hate
1: the name, <laughs> but they're like okay. So it's one of these things that in, in watching a lot of uh, okay, so it is basically a waffle. That you make out of a combination of eggs and almond flour. It's very freeform actually, because you can right. you can do whatever you want with it as long as there's eggs and cheese in it, because that's what binds the whole darn thing together. And and I think most of keto like baking and and things like that involves eggs and cheese yes. from our experience, because it just holds things together. Um, but the very the the simplest savory chaffle mm-hmm. is
0: simply cheddar cheese and eggs.
1: Yeah. And um, we had them for the first time this week. Uh, Robert made these really great um, egg and cheese uh, chaffles, and we used them as um, as buns, uh, as burger buns, yes. and they were really yummy. Yeah,
0: I have to and say. And I put the everything but the bagel seasoning in the batter. I guess you can it's say it's a batter. Yeah, it's a batter. Yeah, and it gave it a nice. It almost it tasted like we were eating
1: uh, like a burger on. Uh, a bagel. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Um, we also um, made uh, chaffles using the. Uh, well, those were just regular waffles. Well. Yeah, I guess you're right. They were anyway, just I mean, I, I use the 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 almond flour pancake recipe that we talked about many episodes ago. Um, I use it to make just waffles, and I have to say they tasted a hundred times better in the waffle they iron. They're really good. They're really good, and it cuts the time down like to nothing because you're making four at a time. Right. Um, I'm really excited to try a lot of different type of waffles. Yes. Yeah,
0: because yeah, there are like pizza chaffles you can make. We can put like some, uh, we can brown up some sausage and put it in there and have like mm. a nice little chaffle.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. I want to make like, know, a, like a meat. Florentine chaffle. Yeah. That'd be very fun.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it'd be great to make, mm-hmm. uh, to just uh, put all the ingredients for an omelet in the waffle maker yeah. and see what comes out and
1: then you can like freeze them and then retoast it and you have like you know your your breakfast i think Be that's a great idea
0: i think that's what we're gonna do for drag con because mm-hmm. we have to get there early i know and i was even in, in in my head i was like who has a toaster like a good old-fashioned toaster like pushed down and like whatever. i mean you, we, you could always bring our waffle iron with you um no <laughs> no thanks no, I'm thinking of like a good old-fashioned toaster where you just put the, oh, you and just just put the waffles in the thing and it pops up and... Well... Yeah. But that's me being extra, so whatever. Speaking of being extra, <laughs> it's time for I'm So Excited.
1: I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Me siento muy... Excited! <laughs> what... Are we so excited about this week? So the first thing that we're so excited about this week is uh, the Sloppy Seconds podcast with uh, Meatball and Big Dipper. Meatball again? Uh, I know. It just, <laughs> Meatball's all over the place. Um, is this the
0: first time we're talking about it on the show? It is the
1: first time. Mind you, this has been wow. on our, I'm so excited for a while now. We just, we have a list, guys, and we like have to pick and choose. We ran way. out of time last yeah. time. Otherwise, we would have talked about exactly. it Exactly. But, um, but shame
0: on us We're not talking yeah. about
1: it sooner. It's a really good podcast. It's on are they on forever dog right is that the network that they're on yeah yeah so they're on forever dog now they're no longer on reverie um i would love to know oh you said the name. i would love to know why they left because i'm Um, because i'm messy like i love the name i love the end i mean again it's it's kind of the same um energy they had on unbearable um, which was their kind of first venture into podcasting. um this, but,
0: they seem a little more relaxed on this one. I don't know if it's maybe maybe the difference in network. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't
0: know. I just it's.
1: But I like it. They are so good together because mm-hmm. like Big Dipper's a big personality, but Meatball is like in another stratosphere in terms of like the kookiness of it you know just like when when she announces fuck talk it's yeah. just it's great yeah. um the guests have been amazing it's it just it really is a good listen yeah so you should really go out and like subscribe <laughs> go out all that stuff well you know what i mean
0: head over to your phone and yeah.
1: subscribe <laughs> what do you mean head over it's like implanted these days <laughs> um yeah but please listen to them um as say give them all your money but no just give them all your likes and reposts and you know share it with have, your friends I think
0: They have merch you could you could buy their I merch so, and yeah. put some money in their pockets mm-hmm. um show them some love on social medias yeah all of that stuff definitely they're amazing um Who's i next? am currently i i i would take it from excited to obsessed maybe mm-hmm. uh with normani and i blame you for that too well yeah um her performance at the vmas was fucking incredible I mean, Mm -hmm. every little bit of throwback uh, that—that was the inspiration of her the music video for Motivation. She took and put on that stage, and incredible incredible and more than anything uh i am very excited for what's to come because i feel like and you know again correct me if i'm wrong i feel like most record labels wouldn't put this much behind an
1: artist that is just going solo right now yeah and, and she only has singles out now right you yeah, said yeah. I, I was i was shocked because i had heard of her because you played motivation a few times and that other song um waves waves yeah which is it it, it is a beautiful song but the visuals for the music video are stunning oh yeah um <clears throat> is that i i really thought she had like a whole album nope not just a few singles and yeah. it's just really um again it's it's familiar because there's some throwbacks in in the music obviously but it's also very different i think um her voice is amazing yep. i mean it, it's just really um the dancing the, oh well the dance well that she did the dance break the from dance. the video yeah was it's just phenomenal and it's fun it's just it it it's like a good time yeah you know she's entertaining she makes me happy
0: i just it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a total package yeah. for me so i'm excited to see where her career goes absolutely and i'm paying very close attention also lizzo's big twerking booty on the vmas was fucking amazing
1: i i i told you it was a real brute it was a real booty I couldn't tell because they were doing that weird
0: VR thing or I AR. Like I forget I what they're know. calling it. it just, it's too much. I don't know. It Holo- holographs?
1: Ho- holograms? No, it's Ho- like whatever. Um,
0: alternate reality or vis- virtual reality. I, I don't know. I don't know. Something weird. And, of course, the Missy Elliott performance. Well, was that out. without, you know, she's yeah. just amazing. The, those, those were the,
1: the, the, the best moments, I'd yeah. say, of the, the old VMAs. Mm-hmm. Um, And so to let everybody know, um, we will be at DragCon this weekend, um, helping out Jiggly at booth 442 as well. So stop by. Come on by and uh, dance with us. Yeah. (laughs) But like if you really want to get like the good stuff, come on Saturday and Sunday because that's when I will be there. Wow. So, you know.
0: And if you just want to have a fun time,
1: just come on Friday. Wow. Really? (laughs) For real though? wow just come by and dance with us wow it's gonna be fun. no priceless for the two of you that's it i'm all not right, doing I'll,
0: it um it only really affects one of us so
1: <laughs> uh, make sure and, and bring my boom box oh my just goodness yes yeah, so but uh, please stop by and say hello take a picture all that um all that good stuff yeah so yeah right. um well that brings us to the end of another episode Yes, so we're Grizzly Kiki
0: on everything. And by everything, I mean Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Be sure to follow us there.
1: You can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com and maybe we'll read yours on the air. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes
0: and Spotify.
1: So until next time, Bye. bye.